1: Hello, hello, Brandon Harvey here with this week's episode of Sounds Good, the podcast where every single Monday I sit down with an inspiring person and talk about happiness, overcoming struggles, and living a life of intentionality and wonder. Today we have Zach King on the podcast. Zach is a short-form filmmaker, which is a fancy way of saying that he's incredible at creating and sharing amazing short videos, especially on Instagram and Vine. In fact, right now, open up Google Search for Zach King and watch one of his videos. I'm actually pretty sure that you'll recognize some of his incredible and magical work. Zach has been a guest on Ellen. He just wrapped up a season on The Amazing Race and has more than 22 million followers across the internet. The incredible thing about Zach is that he's managed to stay humble, kind, and others focused through all of his success. And we get into that in this episode. So without any further ado, let's jump straight into this. All right, I am on the line with Zach King. Zach, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. Man, uh, where
1: are you at today? Where, what are you up to?
0: Right now, um, so I'm in LA, excellent, Los Angeles, California, and uh, I we just moved into a new studio, actually, so we're in a city called uh, Santa Fe Springs where we just kind of hide out in this warehouse and, and make all our
1: videos. That's incredible. That's great. And you you grew up in Portland, right?
0: Yep. Grew up in Portland, Oregon. Came down to Biola University, which is in LA, um, about six years ago after I graduated high school. And that's what kind of has brought me down here. And I've, just because of the film industry, you know, stayed down here ever since.
1: Okay. So I used to live in Portland too. And so that's actually how I first found out about you is I was hosting TEDx Portland. I was helping do a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff and photographing it. And you came out to speak. And I was like, who's this guy? And uh, it turns out you are from Portland, but you were just making such a splash that uh, the TEDx folks were like, let's bring Zach out. And uh, that was where I first got to know your amazing work. Oh, that's awesome. Did we actually meet that day? I think we met at one point just passing, but I was running around all day. And so it definitely was a quick moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome. That's crazy. We kind of
1: cross paths at some point in person amazing i love it had you been doing film stuff all through high school middle school like at what point did you start jumping into the world of being like i want to do filmmaking
0: yeah i fell in love with film when i was seven or eight years old wow i remember being at a wedding and my parents probably just to shoo me away from you know bothering them and ruining the wedding gave me the home video camera And I just ran around with it. And from that moment, I love looking through a viewfinder. It was like a different way to look at the world, you know, with these frame, kind of these boundaries. And you got to pick the shot. And that was really fun for me. And I remember watching movies like Jurassic Park and Indiana Jones, uh, the films that inspired me because it was like, how could they transport you sitting in your living room into this other world? That was the exciting part for me. So you know, along the way, just kind of figuring out how to tell stories. I would throw my sisters in the videos and be like, hey, you're my actors <laughs> today and wear this pirate costume and whatever. And we're going to go out in the in the woods and, and make Pirates of the Caribbean a remake, you know. Uh, so it was a lot of, yeah, a lot of just fun high school projects, junior high projects um, for many years. And so you fully expected to get into film school when you applied? Yeah, I actually spent like, two months of my summer before I submitted my application making kind of like a thesis high school film, which I I was really surprised. Like I thought it was actually pretty good at the time um, for how much I knew. And yeah, it kind of is still baffling why, but you know, all, sometimes life just goes a different way and cool things
1: can come out of that. Okay. And so you already alluded to this, but you moved to LA, the film industry is in LA Everybody by now already knows uh, that your work is incredible and that it's blowing up. But the interesting thing is that, if I remember correctly, you got rejected from film school. Is that right?
0: Yes. So I first applied to Viola University in hopes to go to their film program. And I, I was still at home during the summer. I got the rejection. And, you know, I decided I'm still going to go to Biola, even though I'm not going to be in the film program, and I'll just do all the general ed stuff. And, and I think I actually did music major for the first two years. But it was when I was down there that fall, that first semester, that I, I kind of had nothing to do other than the general ed. And, I, you know, when you're a filmmaker, you want to always be working on the next thing or creating stuff. It's just it's this you always want to make something new. It's just totally. a part of you. And so I was lacking that, and out of that birthed my YouTube channel Uh, The channel is called Final Cut King, and it was a place where I just taught people how to make Final Cut Pro tutorials on my computer, you know, screen capturing and sharing to the world, kind of much like this.
1: This whole time, you're not in the film program, and you're just doing this on your own?
0: Yeah, the whole time that I started my YouTube channel, I'm doing all my own side projects, you know, not a a part of the film program at all.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. And so you jumped into school, and you were creating all of this stuff on the side, what did your friends who were in the film programs, did you have friends in the film, like who are film majors? Were they, what were they kind of looking at you thinking?
0: Yeah, my roommate was a film major and uh, the guy who became my best friend living across the hall, Aaron, um, he was also a film major. So I was vicariously living through them asking, you know, what kind of projects <laughs> are you guys doing this weekend? Or, or, you know, can I start doing the homework now a year ahead? Uh, Cause I want to apply again. And uh, yeah, so I, I would hang out with those guys and and we would just film together and, One of the early things I started doing to fund all my gear, I found out about these online video contests. And so I would enter them kind of every other weekend, find a contest. I remember one of them was for HP computers, and we made this video project, a few film majors and I. And we actually won like a trip to London and um, a couple thousand dollars. And so we were stoked. And I did that kind of for like three or four years just um, to pay my way through school and also buy the new gear that I needed.
1: That's incredible, and so you're not really letting this set path being blocked block you from achieving what you wanted to achieve. You're just kind of going around it, almost.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, especially in the film industry, you know, you're going to get so many no's. We even, you know, we're, we're pitching stuff now for what different, you know, TV or, or feature projects, and you're, you're just going to get so many no's. And that's why I kind of have liked the online world because there is no one saying no before I post it on YouTube yeah. or post it on Instagram or, or wherever. I'm, I'm publishing it. I can, I'm the final say, and even along the way, creatively, you know, we get to pick what's happening in, in the videos, and no one is going to say, "Hey, no, the audience isn't going to like that." Let's let's go to this way or this saves more money. It's 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 we're the final say, and that's what's so cool about creating for the internet.
1: Yeah, it's it's really cool because even though I mean, you and I are roughly the same age, and the internet's been around for our whole lives. But it's yeah. still the wild, wild west out there. Like we get to decide, you know, what the internet's going to look like and how it's shaped. And uh, there really are no rules.
0: Yeah, things are always evolving on on the online world. Even you know, I started on Vine three years ago, and now that platform is very much plateaued and and kind of dying, in my opinion. And, and it's just amazing. It's it was only out for three years. It got huge and and things come and go.
1: Yeah. And maybe that your ability to evolve and shift as things change is a lot of what defines how you've been successful. You know, you, you had a camera when you were a kid and you're like, man, how can I make the most of this? And then you got rejected from film school and you asked, how can I make the most of this? And, uh, and now the internet's shifting and evolving and changing and you're just continuing to ask, how can I make the most of this?
0: Yeah. I think you're always going to see things evolving, even in uh, a feature film career that will always change you know i think the conversation someday will be will we go to the theater and watch a movie will audiences leave their home for the big screen experience or will all of that be um, looking different and so i think even just all of hollywood right now is is kind of being disrupted and i think a lot because of the internet yeah but i think one thing that will always remain which i'm excited about is you know my storytelling that i'm learning it's always i'm always going to weave that into whatever platforms are changing and um, distribution, how that's going to change, but the story mm. at the core will always stay the same. Our, our storytelling abilities, um, hopefully, yeah. are the things that are growing and and being maintained throughout all of that.
1: Yeah. And how are you? How are you doing that? Because a lot of the content that you create is really short form, and obviously, there's a lot of room to put story in there. But you know, what are some ways that you're thinking about that? Maybe even on a non-technical level, more of a philosophical level.
0: Yeah, I mean, all of our ideas, when I first started Vine, it was was very much like, hey, let's make this fun video in like an hour. I would make it by myself or with my roommate. And we would throw it up, and it it weirdly got popular. And in the beginning, it was just tricks. You know, if you've seen my videos, there are a lot of illusion. There's a lot of um, tricking you really quick like magic. And, um, you know, it started out as just illusion after illusion. And then we kind of added the story element. And the story for us, even though it's so short you can hit on relatable elements. So it's like, you know, I I had a fear of a vacuum cleaner when I was a kid that my toes would get stuck inside the little spinny part and (laughs) suck me in the vacuum cleaner. And that was like a real fear. And I think other people have thought of that idea. And so in the six-second video, you know, we just show that fear and other people can relate. And so that's where the story comes in um, at the first foundation is how are people going to relate to this? You know, if it's cracking an egg and a little chick pops out that's not far-fetched for your mind to like picture that happening in real life. Totally. And uh, I had friends that were afraid of cracking eggs for that reason. And so we just kind of hit on these little relatable aspects of life, and that's where the story, kind of the seed starts.
1: That's a really interesting concept, and I feel like that could probably apply to anything that anybody's creating, is how can I make this relatable? How can I make this? Because essentially what you're saying is, how can I make this less about me and more about the people who are going to engage with this?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's some truth it's a hard we talk about this a lot where should we be creating stuff for the internet that they're going to enjoy, that people are going to want to watch or is it just about the creator and they make something that satisfies them? And I think there's a balance, you know, if you look at even some of the best art that's been created in the world, it's stuff that appeal to people on a deeper level like Exactly. Um and even in movies, the most popular movies, even though they may not be the best created or crafted or um, technically the best, they have stories that people can connect to on a, a deep, deep level. You know, usually universally. Like it, it doesn't matter the language that the art is created in or the film is created in; it goes across that.
1: I had somebody ask me on an interview recently. They said, "Brandon, if you were the last person on Earth, would you still be doing what you're doing today?" And I thought about it for a second and I was like, okay, the art purist would probably say, yes, absolutely, I would do this until I die. I would do this alone. I would do this stranded on an island. But I don't, I think for me, I don't really have a huge desire to do that. I think if I was the last person on earth, I'd be creating something. But for me, my goal for my work is that it will make an impact on people's lives and that it will change the status quo and it'll it'll shape the way that people see the world or the way that people think. And so when you think about it from that lens, it's it's interesting to consider art compared to the lens of like, okay, creating this for myself. And I don't think that it's wrong to do either one, but there's certainly a there's certainly a unique balance. There's certainly a unique experience that goes into all of this.
0: Yeah, I think for me it's probably about 75% of my work I love to do and I I I sure like you, I wouldn't be creating it if I was alone cuz The 25% of me loves to see the audience reaction to it, to read the comments, to see, um, to meet the kids on the street that come up to me because they love the videos. Um, That's the fun part. You know, if I was the last person on the earth, I'd probably just be creating something else like tree houses and forts.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I think it'd be a lot of tree houses and forts. I think that's about right. (laughs) Okay. And so speaking of people walking up to you on the street, you have millions of followers. Um, but at the same time, I get the impression that you, and I've got people who know you and have met you. And I mean, we met that one brief moment, but everybody talks about how you're a humble guy. You haven't let things get to your head, but you're, you're very successful. And I think most people would be like, oh man, like when you get to be that successful, you don't even need to be nice. But, (laughs) uh, what, how do you maintain a level head and, uh, and kind of some humility in the position that you're in?
0: Yeah, I think I think it might be also something that stemmed from my parents. Luckily, they taught us to always, you know, even if you're successful, just be appreciative of where you came from. You know, I grew up on a farm in Oregon, and so L.A. to me is still the big city. I go down for meetings in Hollywood, and I'm, like, still looking around, like,
1: these buildings are so tall. That's incredible. And,
0: uh, but, no, I don't know. Maybe it's just something you have to constantly remind yourself. You know, luckily, I have an amazing wife, and she'll remind me, you know, blatantly like hey you're not being humble right now you need to you know chill out that's the best and so I, having people around your life that you respect and that can tell you that honestly um, is really important because it it is a struggle and you know it's a I think a day-to-day struggle too
1: that reminds me I I literally just maybe like an hour ago tweeted this article of this one Olympic athlete and I don't remember her name right now but There's all these gifts of her just being so excited when she's like winning these gold medals or when she's being interviewed and she's just eating it up because she's, you know, she's in the Olympics. She's way cooler than all of us, but she, it's so wonderful for her too. She's so excited. And I I think it's really cool the way that you describe that as having the perspective and, and knowing that this is, uh, you know, it's a cool experience and just living in that. I think that creates humility.
0: Yeah, I've gotten the awesome opportunity to work with a lot of different kind of a few A-list celebrities and a lot of athletes um, because I work with Nike, creating a lot of their content and just the random opportunities that have come along. But for sure, the people that even when they're, you know, the most famous athlete in the world and you get to work with them on set for 10 minutes, if they're humble, it totally changes your perspective of them. And it's a lot more fun to work with. So, yeah, I think that's the
1: goal, you know, stay humble. Okay. And you you mentioned that your wife keeps you humble. I know that you and your wife work together, that you guys are a team. You know, first of all, how awesome is marriage? And second of all, what's it like working with your wife?
0: Well, marriage is incredible. We've been married barely two years now. It'll be two years in December. And uh, she's awesome. She's a rock in my life uh, and a rock star. And uh, yeah, she joined the team. You know, she was doing social work when I first met her. And then uh, we, yeah, totally different field than me. Uh, she loves people. That's where her heart is at, and so she's been dabbling in um, her church ministry as well, starting a foster group uh, for foster kids to get people to um, kind of foster to adopt. Incredible! More. And uh, and we're actually doing that ourselves now. Uh, starting in a month, we'll have a foster kiddo in our home. No way! So, That's so you exciting. Know, she's, she, yeah, she's, it's awesome. She's transitioning out of the business now. She's kind of been working with me for the last two years. Uh, in the organizational part, like at the core of the business, like how do totally. we be organized day to day? Cause I'm, I'm a creative. And so I'll, I'll come in the office and I'll just, my desk is a mess. I'm just starting to create when I get in and she's, you know, kind of cleaning up my messes behind me. Uh, it's, it's, it's terrible, but that's the truth.
1: <laughs> that's the best. I know exactly how you feel. And so you guys are bringing in a foster kid. Tell me about that. What inspired that in your life? Cause that's, that's a huge step for you. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, you
0: know, <laughs> we both love kids. You know, I, I've always told her the first date we had, which was at a pho restaurant, I said, How many kids do you want? And she said, you know, maybe six. And Whoa. then immediately I was like, Oh, that's awesome. I want eight, so we'll meet in the middle at seven or something. <laughs> so w- right now, yeah, foster kids. We definitely want a foster to adopt, but you know, just hearing the different needs in LA alone there's thirty five thousand foster kids mm-hmm. that don't have a place to sleep. They just need a bed, you know, that's the practical need in a home. And so we just wanted to provide one more bed right now. We had an extra room and we were kind of just, she was a part of her ministry going, you know, why don't, why don't we do this? We're telling others to do it. Um, But I think we need to be a practical example. And so our our hearts were both there and yeah, we're really excited. I'm going to be like immediately a dad. We didn't have the nine month like (laughs) time that you usually get.
1: That's so so powerful, man. I'm so inspired by that. I love that you're doing that. I would imagine that your life is pretty crazy first of all, you just got back from a crazy time on the amazing race, and then I would imagine you're also traveling a good amount with uh the content that you're creating and uh the lifestyle that comes with that. What's the shift going on in your mind right now between a little bit of craziness and probably aiming for a little bit more stability?
0: Yeah, it's so funny, like I'm a homebody, so all all my right. friends you know see me going these two-week trips, and to them, that's vacation. We just got back from, like, the Mediterranean and Italy and Greece and, and Barcelona. And, and for them, they were like, oh, that's awesome. And, you know, for me, I'm like, I just want to get home <laughs> so I can sit on my couch and, and read. Um, so we're homebodies for sure. But the hard balance for me is, you know, practically I work with a team of, of 12 to 15 people here at the studio um, daily. So I'm always trying to figure out, you know, how are we running a company at the same time while we're, we're doing, you know, probably two weeks of travel. A month, so it's a hard balance. But luckily, I just have some awesome leaders in the team, um, producers that that kind of run the day to day operations with me. So that's I couldn't do it without my team. You know, people see me alone in the videos in in my house, and it seems kind of homemade. But there is an awesome team behind me, and and they don't get much credit at all because we kind of keep the magic under wraps.
1: Man, that's incredible. I I love that you're doing that, or I love the way that you guys are able to kind of create this magical, unique thing with a team. Um, And it's also great that you have them so that, I mean, I would imagine it would be nuts to be doing this all on your own.
0: Oh, it would be impossible. I think just the amount of content that we're creating, you know, I I couldn't do myself. I would be insane right now.
1: Yeah. How much of what you're doing is the stuff that we all see on your channels and how much of it is stuff that Never gets seen on your channels, if that makes sense. Do you have clients? Do you yeah, have there's work? probably
0: another at least 50% of content that never seen on our channels, whether it's tailored for a different country. Um, sometimes, you know, to pay the bills practically, we do brand deals where we'll be, you know, I'll be in a commercial for, we actually just wrapped one today for McDonald's that'll be playing only in Hawaii, you know, on, on TV in Hawaii. So mm. there's some of that stuff and it has the same exact style. Um there's so many videos that I want to post on my channel but I'm just like no it's you know we made it just for that brand in in Hawaii and other people won't get it but there's some really cool tricks that we're doing in other places so um Man. yeah there's there's a good amount of content that's on the side
1: When you started hiring people how did you how did you start making those decisions because I would I mean I know for myself as a creative person I have a really hard time learning to manage and all these things. Um, how did you start figuring that whole process out?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Managing and leadership is a definitely a struggle for me. I'm not a super people person. I love to be in my own room and, and, you know, do the digital magic and create the ideas, but you know, day to day running people telling them what to do, that's hard for me. And so it's been a, lo- it's a very big learning process and a curve, um, you know, I, I kind of when it comes to hiring, make really slow decisions, and we bring them on, and we just work with them for six months as a, a subcontractor, and, and get them used to the team feel, and then we kind of figure out if, if it's employment or you know, or just part time uh, once in a while. So, it's I'm kind of a slow decision maker. We like to bring people in and just get to know them. And uh, for me, it's 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 one. It's about you know how good are you are you at your craft, um, whether it's filming or the digital magic or art, you know, what is your, obviously we want excellence there, but we also just want to enjoy you as a person, um, find a person with integrity. So that's really important as well.
1: Man, that's great. I think that LA gets a little bit of a bad rap for being a place where People are always wheeling and dealing and and people are used and abused. Um, but I also know, I mean, even just with you being in LA, that that's not the case. You know, that there's a lot of really good stuff. Can you speak to that idea that even in this place that maybe, you know, people have that perspective sometimes, um, there's a lot of great things happening behind the scenes?
0: Yeah, no, there, there is a ton of creatives here. Uh, it's hard because LA... And Hollywood has turned into a business, you know, when it first started. I think it was people like me and my friends. We just loved making the first, those videos, the short videos. It's kind of funny, like the first films when Charlie Chaplin was making videos, um, they were short, they were kind of like Vines, you know, seven, ten seconds, they would play them in these penny arcades. And I think people then just loved playing around with the craft. It was a new technology. Mm. Uh, And then, of course, like any business or any industry, it turns into a business where there needs to be money to go back into creating more and growing the audience, so I think that's kind of what has tainted Hollywood and taints my experiences when it you find out how Hollywood really works. It, it's kind of uh, terrible, but I have hope because there there are a lot of creatives here, and I think as long as you have people that love telling stories, um, you know the financing is is a blessing to get.
1: You set out because you wanted to enter the film industry. When you got started was your goal to make movies you wanted to make you wanted to be the next Steven Spielberg yep. that type of thing
0: yep when I came out to LA even the f- first year of Biola I was like, you know what in a few years I'm gonna graduate from here go into LA and become the next Steven Spielberg I'll maybe I'll I won't graduate because I'll be pulled out early and so successful and, you know that never happened that's like the dream but uh, it, it's always been my goal to make feature films kind of in the action adventure a realm, kind of like Indiana mm. Jones or Jurassic Park. I just loved those movies growing up. So I kind of want to bring that back, and I think there was an old style that is kind of missing, and everything's, you know, there's quick cuts now. I, I just want to kind of slow it down and go back to make movies that had a great story and the shots uh, were a little bit longer. But, you know, for us, with my path being changed, going to short content all of a sudden, yeah. Um you know, it's kind of, it's still in the forefront. We want to go to feature films and longer stories, but we're loving growing an audience and kind of, we've just fallen into that world and fallen in love with that, that whole internet side of it. And, totally. And I think it's, it's, now I'm seeing, I think we're going to be, all the internet people are going to be going to Hollywood, uh, you know, in the next 20 years and they'll be the new creators there. So I think this is our field ground to really practice our craft yeah, and uh, just make really good content.
1: Man, I love that. I love that you're doing that. Um, what's the most meaningful thing that's come from all of this success and hard work?
0: I think for me, one of the most meaningful things, there's kind of two. One has been um, assembling the team. It's kind of, for me, the dream team where I would love to go into Hollywood with this team that I have and, and we start making these films together. So it's kind of like I feel like I'm creating the Avenger team, my own version. Uh, And and then also, I just love that I've been able to slowly find my voice. You know, having an audience, uh, even if you have 100,000 followers or 50,000, you have this urgency to create content. And it's a lot of things. It's something I think a lot of filmmakers miss out on. You know, They spend a year on this artsy project or two years in film school on one film. And it's like that's kind of a waste because – if you make shorter content and you have deadlines like every Friday I'm gonna make a thirty second video you'll create a lot more you'll learn faster you'll learn what you like making and just all the nuances that go into creating you know a film uh, you learn them faster if you're making a lot of projects and so that's what I love that the internet has helped me find my my own creative voice because I've had the urgency with the audience to grow and 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 post more and you know there's there's an expectation they're they're gonna you, you wake up when you have 50,000 followers and you're like, okay, what am I going to create today for these people?
1: Totally. Yeah. It's such a good catalyst to get you to create more and more and more. And that can be done on a super small scale too. You know, I know people who have done this thing called the, uh, I think it's the 100 day challenge. And you just say, yes. I'm going to do something every day. And, uh, and if you're sharing that, you know, even with your Facebook friends, um, it's going to feel like accountability and that's the most that helps you overcome a lot of the hurdles that come with creating things because I think there's a resistance that makes us not want to create. Um, And Mm -hmm. creating is beautiful and it can change the world. and, And so it's almost important to figure out little tricks to force yourself to create more and more and more.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And so with all this said... You know, you're doing so many incredible things. Your work is just building on itself and it's going to keep on growing into, you know, who knows what it's going to be in the next 10, 20 years. But when you look back on all of your life, you know, what's your goal for uh, the kind of impact that you'll have wanted to make with your life and with your work?
0: Yeah, for me, I have been thinking about that a lot lately, especially as I've been going into foster. And I think maybe it's the shift of almost becoming a father figure Is making me think this, but I, you know, I I I've always known what kind of dad I want to be, what kind of uh, husband I want to be, and what kind of friend I want to be, and um, I think those are the relationships there that when I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to look back and go, you know, where who are my closest friends, and uh, how is my marriage, and how is my how are my kids doing, and what legacy are they going to leave because they were raised in my family. So those are the I think core things that. At the end of my life, yeah, I would love to make the most successful feature film and, and be well known for that and, and do well financially. But um, I think at the end of the day, those are pretty shallow things. Mm. If I can live my life and enjoy what I'm creating but have an awesome family, that's, that, that to me I think is the thing that I'm really going to um, look back on and, and go, yes, I you know did well in, in my family
1: And that is so, so powerful. And I think just you modeling that as well is going to have a profound impact on the people who are paying attention and hopefully they can replicate what you're doing and make a difference in the lives of their friends and their family. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the hope.
1: So every single episode, I love to ask three questions. Um, They're my favorite questions. Um, And so I'm just going to jump straight into them. Cool. Number one, how would you describe the kind of person that you most admire in the world? Mm.
0: I love, um, I have some friends that do this. My wife is great at this. I love when they will make time for you no matter what, you know, in the craziness, if you, you can count on these people.
1: Man, I love that. I think that You know, I know that I have those people in my own life and it is not easy to do that, especially when you're busy, especially when you're trying to make so many things happen in a day. But if you're able to find a few people in your own life to do that for, and if you find other people who are willing to do that in their lives for you, it's such a meaningful gift. Question number two, what are you consuming that you love right now? And specifically for you as somebody who uh, is so passionate about video and film, What's something that's coming from the industry, like the mainstream industry that you love? And what's something on the internet that you love?
0: Yes. Okay. Well, something from the mainstream industry that I love. I, I'm watching a show right now called uh, Stranger Things. Dude, you may have heard of it on Netflix. I and
1: love Stranger Things. My
0: wife and I are now hooked. We're on. I think we're on episode six as of last night. I and, just uh, finished it. You did okay. Well, don't say anything. But, I won't. yeah, that that's one show that we love. Uh, my, my wife, wife and I, she had introduced me to Gilmore Girls when we first yes, started yes, dating, yes. and we just found out, you know, they're having a new one come out this fall. So I'm secretly excited for that to sit down with her and watch the new season of Gilmore Girls.
1: No joke, I'm binging and, that with my wife right now too. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: my wife. Yeah, she's always going through that, re going through it. If there's nothing on. Um. And then from the internet, you know, I, I love, I'm actually really into uh, augmented reality right now. So um, playing around with different apps, trying to maybe develop something of my own um, just because it's really interesting to me. And I, I think that's a fascinating world.
1: Yeah, that's a really fascinating idea. And I mean, for those of you who don't know, who are listening, augmented reality is essentially what's going on with Pokemon Go, where you you see what's going on around you through a screen and things can happen and change and shift and... Man, I love the fact that you are kind of working in that world. That's so fascinating. I, I'm so glad uh, and
0: thankful that Pokemon Go has taken off because I can now explain it even to my wife so much better. Um, you know, I've been interested in AR for the last couple of years, and I explaining that th- is so hard. But now you just say Pokemon Go, you know, the Pokemon are tracked, how it's tracked in the video screen, and people are like, "Oh, yeah, got it."
1: Man, that's so creative and innovative. I'm so. I can't even imagine what you're working on, but I'm excited to see what that looks like when it comes out. My last question is, based on the ways that you've chosen to step out and live your life differently, what's one thing you'd encourage someone else to do in their own life today?
0: Yeah, I'd say in whatever path people wanna go down, even if it's not film, it's just to get out and create. And one tip someone gave me that was very practical was just make your bed. I don't remember who said it, but they were like, if you have um, writer's block and you, and you don't feel productive during the day, just make your bed as the first thing you do so your mind can check it off as, I actually did something, I accomplished something. And that rhythm gets you into going like, okay, I'm going to start, um, what's the next thing I'm going to go accomplish in, during the day? And so for me, it's a practical thing. Of, if I make my bed every morning, I'm actually more productive that day. I think it just starts the day out in this like mentality of checking the box and getting, getting things done.
1: That is huge! What a good idea! I'm notorious for not making my bed, and so I may have to start doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sometimes there's days where I don't do it, and my you know I can always count on my awesome wife um, to make the bed because it drives her nuts if it's not made. But <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a fun. It's a very simple thing. Yeah, and
1: that's good. Goes a long way. Just start with with doing something, taking action, creating, uh, and it'll kind of snowball throughout the day, man. I'm so excited that we got to have this conversation, Zach. I really love what you're doing. I admire it so much. Um, for everybody who's been listening, uh, if they want to follow along with your work to see what you're up to, where can people find you online? Yeah, one of
0: the best places is on Instagram. If you have that app, just type in Zach King, Zach with an H at the end. Or um, you could just Google my name and, and you know YouTube will pop up or whatever platform I'm most actively on will kind of pop up on Google. So that's the best
1: way. It's worth it, you guys. You got to do it. <laughs> You're going to love it, man. Well, once again, Zach, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, Absolutely. This has been a blast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Sounds Good with Brandon Harvey as part of the Gradient Podcast Network. It is created in collaboration between me, Brandon Harvey, and Gradient. Check them out at gradient.is. That's gradient.is. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned into the podcast this week. If this was your first time listening, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that next week's episode downloads in your sleep. And if you want to follow along with my photos, Snapchats, words, and stories in general, you can find me on all of your favorite social media platforms. My name is at Brandon Harvey everywhere. That's Brandon with an E-N. And with that, that's a wrap for this week's podcast. I'll see you next week when we get the opportunity to learn from another inspiring person. Sound good?